today on CityCast Madison. Have you seen the uptick in ketamine clinics around town? Yes, ketamine like the party drug and medical anesthetic. But in this case, these clinics are not using ketamine to get patients high or numb, but actually to treat mental illness. A growing number of folks who suffer from things like anxiety, depression, and PTSD are getting the drug medically administered as a new therapy. And many are sharing the gospel, some even citing monumental life shifts. So what exactly is a trip like to one of Madison's clinics? We asked Brian Zapko, co-founder of Ford Ketamine, who opened a clinic on King Street this spring. It's Monday, December 4th. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. Brian, hello. Good morning. How are y'all? I am doing very well. I'm super excited and fascinated by this topic. So thanks for joining us. So we need to start with some basics. What is ketamine? Ketamine, uh, classically, uh, most people are familiar with it. Uh, It's a street drug. Uh, It's a party drug. It is a uh, veterinary (laughs) medicine. Uh, it's also a uh, anesthetic drug that's been used since the 70s. It's been FDA approved. We use it every day in this country uh, in uh, operating rooms, emergency rooms. Um, very safe, reliable drug. Um, over the last 15 years or so, uh, it's been used in psychiatrics pretty successfully, but it's still off-label, so it's still not FDA approved for that purpose. That's why a lot of people aren't, it's not really in a lot of people's radar. Sometimes a psychiatrist will understand the benefits of it. They see the research, they they know um, what the future holds. And then other psychiatrists or, or medical providers are still a little bit concerned with that FDA approval. So they sometimes they don't endorse it. So there's a lot to be uh, learned about the medicine and what its potential is. But in a nutshell, it's a very safe, um, it's basically a dissociative anesthetic medicine, meaning it's an anesthetic medicine that causes pain relief and uh, some amnesia and a dissociation between um, your consciousness on a daily basis, your, your human consciousness, and your existence. And it's hard to explain that. And unless you do it, it's kind of hard to understand it. Can you break down, you know, who is the ideal candidate for this kind of treatment? Sure. The typical candidate is someone that has depression, anxiety, trauma issues, PTSD, uh, phobias, OCD, chronic pain, fibromyalgia. Um, there's a whole host of things that we can help treat with ketamine, but it can't be the first line thing. Um, the, the typical patient uh, that we see has usually tried multiple antidepressants, don't have to, but that's kind of the typical patient that we see. They've tried everything. They've tried all the meds or most of the meds. They've tried some therapy. Some people have even gone as far as doing TMS, which is a magnetic procedure that's applied to brain tissue, um, ECT, uh, electro electroconvulsive therapy. For so, folks who have like pretty heavy, severe depression, it's kind of a yeah, an intense procedure. It's very intense, uh, and so ketamine is uh, hopefully um, going to be part of people's consciousness as an option or alternative to those more involved interventions. Yeah. And do you, do your clients need a doctor's prescription? No. So as nurse practitioners, we are the diagnosers 
and administrators of this medicine. So we are the doctors, quote unquote. We work under a physician in Wisconsin, an emergency room physician who partners with us, and we will bounce some things, some concerns off of uh, our doc if necessary. We don't usually need to bring him in on many things. We're, we're pretty expert at what we do. We've been doing this for about four years. We've seen hundreds of people. We've probably done about 13,000 ketamine infusions. So we're extremely expert at it and extremely good at finding those ideal candidates, helping them out. Not everybody qualifies for ketamine. There are some things that um, would rule you out, or sometimes it's just not the right fit at the right time. But basically, to answer your question long-winded, um, treatment-resistant depression is the majority of people that we see. So, you know, you don't just walk off the street and say, hey, I, I need some ketamine. Like, there's a process to this and determining whether or not it's good for you. I think it's good for every human being. I really do. Uh, I'm, I'm very pro-ketamine. I'm very pro-psychedelic medicine. I'm very pro-existential healing. However, um, we're not there yet as a society. <laughs> So there still has to be some medical um, checkpoints and procedures. And so, yes, um, nobody can just, not everyone can walk in and say, hey, I want to try this. this there has to, they have to be vetted. They have to be a candidate. They have to have tried other methods to treat their um, mental illness before they come see us. Yeah, it was for someone like me who's taken depression, anxiety medication for several years. I've been on multiple prescriptions, and it's something that you have to think about the chemical reactions that it might have with whatever's going on chemically in your body. How do you guys think about that? Like, are people who are on medicine, they're not supposed to use ketamine, that sort of thing? Like, that's the sort of medical background that I would be interested in. Um, how do I know this is safe? There's some pretty good research over the last 15 to 20 years uh, regarding safety, uh, regarding the absence of long-term problems. There's not a lot of research of, uh, or findings that show that ketamine use is uh, harmful in the long term. However, that research is pretty limited because this whole endeavor is pretty new. You know, it's, There's not a lot of research or money being thrown at it, unfortunately, to, to understand it better. To address your safety concerns, there's very few medicines that um, are contraindicated with ketamine. They're usually medicines that spike your blood pressure, like cold medicines, like decongestants and stuff like that. So those are the medicines I have to screen for the most. It's just average over-the-counter medicines for people taking in the, in the wintertime to, for their cold symptoms. Um, the antidepressants and, and things like that, there's almost equal research that shows that they actually help with ketamine therapy and they actually detract ketamine therapy and detracting meaning like hindering a dissociation or a trip a psychedelic experience a lot of people after starting ketamine therapy will decrease their reliance on antidepressants antidepressants fail about 40 to 45 percent of people that try them and we hope that in 10 years psychedelic medicine is, is more frontline more of a household name in the treatment of mental illness Walk us through a typical visit in your clinic for a ketamine infusion. Sure. Um, prior to coming in to see us, you would have a consultation with me where I'd go over your medical history, screen all of your medications. Uh, I'd like to know kind of what brought you to, to, to this time and this place, a little bit of your background, um, your diagnoses, um, your therapy history. So once you pass that screening and I've answered all your questions about ketamine, you come in on a, on a normal day, a day of normalcy, I like to say, 
it's not a good day to come in if your dog died or if you lost your job or something weird happened. Um, chaos is not good with psychedelic medicine. Some people's lives are chaos, and that's okay if that's a normal day for you. I don't want you to come in on a day of abnormalcy or crisis. So come in optimistic, come in decaffeinated. That's kind of my own personal theory that caffeine can kind of keep you more earthbound rather than let you kind of relax into the other places that we're trying to get you. Come in sober, of course. Some people have some sobriety and substance abuse issues. And um, then we, uh, we get you checked in. We walk you back to a treatment room. We would put an IV in you, give you some anti-nausea medicine because nausea affects about, I would say, 25 to 45% of people that get ketamine. So we try to blunt that response. We'd infuse ketamine for about 45 minutes or so. You get a blanket, you get an eye mask, you get earphones with meditative music. We can dim the lights. You're on camera the whole time. We're watching and making sure that you're comfortable. You're on a heart monitor. Uh, we check your vital signs. Very safe. It's a, it's a medical visit, uh, but we try to make it not feel so medical because people have trauma around medical procedures as well. So we try to make it very comforting and, and, and uh, cozy. And then after about an hour or so, um, most people are ready to leave. Some some people need a little bit of recovery time. We have a recovery lounge where people can kind of hang out and wait for their rides, journal about their experiences, have it some, have some tea, have some coffee, just kind of feel back to normal. Most people cognitively are back to normal right away after mm -hmm. infusion. And how much does this cost? Great question. Our favorite question. <laughs> Infusions start with us $250 per session. Um, insurance does not pay for IV ketamine yet. I'm not sure if it ever will. Uh, so it's all pay as you go, uh, cash or whatever. That's the downside because it's expensive. So some people are priced out. One of our missions coming up to Madison and starting this clinic was to widen the access and reduce that barrier of entry for people that were priced out of it. So um, we have dropped the price significantly compared to market value to just to, for access purposes. We want, we believe in it so much that we want as many people as possible to have access to this life-changing medicine potentially for them. So we've reduced the price quite a bit. It's 250 per infusion. Um, you usually need about six infusions over the first two to three weeks as a loading dose. And then you'll come in for maintenance doses as needed after that. Yeah, I was wanting to ask about the maintenance doses and just knowing how antidepressants or SSRIs are supposed to work is the idea that it's you're building new neural pathways that um, ideally you would go off of that medicine. Is ketamine, you know, is it something that you'll be doing for the rest of your life or is it a similar thought? Ketamine is not designed to be a permanent medicine. It's more of an interventional medicine. Um, it's a life event. It's a, there's a lot going on when you're doing ketamine, when you start ketamine treatments. So you have to have rides lined up. You have to have the resources to pay for it. You have to have time in your week, time away from work sometimes for people. So we really want to make sure that it's the right time in a person's life to do this because it takes a little bit of time and, and effort to accomplish this. But I've had people on ketamine for a number of years. Um, and I've had people on ketamine for li as little as one infusion. I've had very rarely does someone come out of the chair once and say, I'm cured. I'm good. Uh, thank you so much. And I don't see them again. That's extremely rare, but it does happen. Uh, and then there's some people that kind of rely on it for multiple years, but it's not meant to be permanent. Um, the idea is if we can help you heal from trauma, trauma is the root cause of so many things in our lives. And we're really oblivious to it. Uh, trauma from the human experience lives in our DNA. It lives in our nervous systems. 
it can be passed on to our children, some people believe. Uh, it is a big problem, and it's going to cause depression and anxiety symptoms along the way, unless it's processed healthily. We are really good at distracting ourselves as human beings from trauma. We're not good at dealing with things. So we, we like to drink and do drugs and whatever dopamine hit uh, will kind of distract us from that trauma. But unless you're processing trauma healthily uh, with the assistance of psychedelic medicine, ketamine, breathing work, prayer, meditation, it has to be addressed somehow in a healthy way. Once these traumas are addressed and processed, literally metabolized, like out of your body, they will be less burdensome to you moving forward. And that is the time where you feel like you probably will feel like you need ketamine less. So the goal is to get people to existentially heal to the point where they're like, I, I got this now. I, I can I can do this without any assistance. Maybe stay in therapy. You might have to stay in antidepressants for a bit. But ketamine is not designed to be that, um, to be there along the way the whole time. It's more of an intervention. Right now, it's the holidays, which is a pretty emotionally difficult time. Do you see or are you seeing any uptick in patients around this time of year? Typically, every year around Thanksgiving and Christmas, we start getting more calls for maintenance visits from our previous patients because they, you know, who traumatizes us the most, right? Are, are people closest in our family, right? Sometimes it's horrific atrocities and sometimes it's just basic growing up with an abusive sibling or something. But family is the origin of trauma uh, sometimes, uh, and most times I should say. So whenever people have to be around those family members, it can really be difficult. Uh, you know, holidays are supposed to be a joyous, joyous time of, of love and, and, and connection. But for a lot of people, it, it's something that they dread. And I didn't really realize that until I started doing this kind of work. And so, yes, to answer your question around Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, whatever your holiday is, when you're around more people of the family, it can be very stressful and people need a little bit of ammo. They need a little bit of medicine to kind of help them through uh, maybe it's just a mood bump. Maybe it's more trauma work, whatever it may be. But ketamine uh, in the wintertime is usually more uh, requested. That makes sense. And there, there's the darkness that befalls us. Oh, yeah. Um, seasonal affective disorder, the lack of the, that natural um, vitamin D and sunlight benefit definitely is a, it's a factor for me personally. I feel it. And I know Madison feels it. Madison winters are, are not necessarily the friendliest. So, um I expect uh, the wintertime to be a little busier than the summer. That's kind of typical. Yeah. And we should say, you know, you've spent more than 15 years working in emergency medicine before this. And what you're doing at the clinic is perfectly legal because you're a medical professional. But buying ketamine on the street is and using it recreationally is still illegal, um, knowing there's an uptick of people looking for this. Can you kind of break down what the difference is? At a clinic, uh, you're medically supervised with medical equipment. You're on a heart monitor. You have nurse practitioners staring at you the whole time via a computer screen. Um, we are there at, at your beck and call. Uh, it's a safe environment. You have an IV placed expertly. Uh, you have an expert dose of um, medical grade ketamine given to you. Uh, and we monitor the, the um, effects before, after, and during. Um, so there's a monitoring phase. Uh, you know that the, the quality is medical grade. You know that the administration is expertly and medically given. In the street, um, who knows what you're getting? Who knows what your dosing is? There's so many variables. Um, and we have there's research that shows that 
ketamine uh, at abuse levels, at abuse frequencies, is long-term. Uh, not only is it habit-forming, it's addictive, but it can it really kind of damage your bladder uh, and other organs. Um, so this is a much more safer way to get it. We're giving uh, far, far less uh, doses as well. We're giving sub-anesthetic doses of ketamine. We're not giving abuse-level doses of ketamine. Right. I, would you call that like microdosing? That's a weird term. Some people use it. Uh, I don't think it's a microdose per se. It's a sub-anesthetic dose, though. Microdosing is more, um, I think, appropriate for um, psilocybin use. Sure. Um, I, I think that microdosing of ketamine, um, I don't think it really applies to what we do. It's, we just call it sub-anesthetic doses. Because mm-hmm. there's sometimes, based on your body weight or your tolerance, sometimes we have to give some pretty moderate doses of ketamine, but it's all safely done. It's all based on your weight or based on your tolerance. Yeah. Well, so there's also, I understand there are lots of different clinics popping up, you know, across Madison, across Wisconsin, across the U.S. Um, So there's, and there's also variants in how people administer and that, that sort of thing. And this is still in some ways kind of um, a new way of using the treatment. Um, Do you have any concern about the industry and regulation um, or lack thereof at this moment? There is concern about um, lack of regulation, uh, lack of incorporating ketamine into your regular life. We are staunch advocates of uh, psychotherapy. Even ketamine-assisted therapy is wonderful. I can only speak to our clinic. Uh, I, I know that we're extremely expert. I know that we are extremely careful and uh, we don't like to cause any harm. And if there's anyone that's risky uh, that, that wants to get ketamine at our clinic, we're, we're really kind of hard pressed to accept that patient in if there's any risk factor. Some people really belong in the hospital doing ketamine under uh, hospital admission. Uh, so our patients have to be very much outpatient and safe enough to, to get ketamine at our clinic, which is an outpatient clinic. There are a lot of ketamine clinics that are popping up throughout the country. I can't speak to their expertise and who's running them. I know that there are right ways to do it and wrong ways to do it. And those those clinics kind of will show their hand. Uh, unfortunately, people might have to experience it the wrong way before they appreciate it, given the right way. Any signs? Any signs? Like big red flag, you know, if someone. <laughs> well, there are, I, I've heard horror stories. There are some clinics that um, will put multiple people in a room doing ketamine with strangers uh, with the TV on and. Uh, with the lights on, with people coming in and out, it, it's it really defeats the purpose. We we want to try to facilitate an individual, private, uh, personal experience, um, almost spiritual in a way, with yourself. And uh, there are places that do it right and places that don't do it right. <laughs> I think that academy providers overall are very knowledgeable and passionate, and they are like-minded with us. But there are some places that are just doing it for the wrong reasons or um, doing it uh, without proper experience. Well, Brian, we really appreciate you giving us the time to understand ketamine better and the work that you all are doing. It was really an illuminating conversation and hope to have more in the future. Oh, I would love that. Thank you for the opportunity. That's Brian Zapko, co-founder of Ford Ketamine. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin. If you enjoyed the show, why not share this episode with your therapist? We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Until then, 